Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We pray that you hear from God. Good morning, my name's Julie and it is my... I, want to, I should say privilege to talk to you this morning. My responsibility to talk to you this morning. For those of you that were in Oasis this morning, uh, on Wednesday, your task is to spot the difference. To spot the bit you didn't see get last time. We're going to read together. We're reading from James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And we just have three verses this morning. Verses 11 to 13. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to destroy your neighbor? Who am I to destroy my neighbour? I wonder what grade you would get in criticism. Kath, we're on slide two, if it's possible. Thank you. What grade would you get in criticism? Anybody want to suggest? Anybody brave enough? I do not want husbands grading wives at this point, or vice versa. I could ask my husband, what do you reckon? Am I, am I, do I get an A plus in criticism? A minus. Oh, I've improved. Yes. We are really good at it, aren't we? And I think there's something about us being English that we were brought up to be critical. If you went to school when I went to school, which some of you did and some of you before, we got a lot of criticism. We were told what was, what was wrong rather than what was right. And we became naturally good at it. That said, how many of you have had small children and you've picked them up on day one of going to school and you've said to them, how was school today? And their reply was, good, fine, don't know, don't know, yeah, that's a great one, don't know. How can you not know? How many of you have picked them up and they are like the devil incarnate until you give them that snack? They are so grumpy. Uh, typically, my son would say, Nothing. And I would, you know, he says, I hated the lessons. Fred was horrible to me at lunch break. He wouldn't give me any chips. So you prompt again, well, there must have been something good about today. We might begrudgingly get break time, time to go home. Praise was so rare in my upbringing 
that I even take backhanded praise as praise. When I was at secondary school, my handwriting was not good. It got even worse when I was in a hurry. My maths teacher was forever telling me that I was going to fail my exams because my handwriting was so poor. And so I worked at it. I tried to get better. <laughs> my French teacher once wrote in French to me, I can't read your handwriting. <laughs> Wasn't very good at French, and I did have to go and ask him what it said because I couldn't read his handwriting. <laughs> but my maths teacher, one day I overheard her speaking to another student who she was also berating for layout, and it's very important in maths, isn't it, layout, those of you, the maths teachers in the room. And I overheard her say, if Julie can get better, you can get better. And I was proud of that. Although she never actually told me that I'd got better. We are really good at focusing on the negatives. What about in English lessons when you were asked to critique this? It never really meant, say, the good bits. It generally meant what was wrong with it. And of course, as English people, there is our love of conversation about the weather. We're very good at, oh, it's raining again. <gasps> it's too hot. When was the last time you actually heard someone say, it turned out nice again? used to get it on those sort of, you know, all creatures great and small in the 70s. That was their line, was it turned out nice again? But we've forgotten that. We are so good. It is ingrained in us. And yet that shouldn't be our main influence. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, God is creating the world, and he said, and God saw that it was good. And he repeats that for everything that he creates. He never says in the Bible, the women are fat, the animals are slightly strange looking, and the men have got very strange bald patches. He said, and it was good. Our God is a God that saw the positive, saw the good things in each of the things that he created. And we are made in the image of God, so we should be predisposed to see the good and not the bad in things. But obviously, that's not what was happening in the church in James's time. Do not slander each other, he said. Don't say bad things. Why shouldn't we say bad things? Because it knocks people down. Because people are good. 
I'm not going to do the whole debate about whether people are inherently evil. God, people, on the whole, are good. And we need to lift them up. That's what we're here for as a church, aren't we? Our mission is to radically transform lives. And we see amazing stories coming through our community work of people for whom they have been told for years their lives are awful, that they are bad at this and that, that they are no good. And they come into contact with the word of God and they learn that they are good. And their lives are transformed. These three verses are a bit weird. They sort of go a bit illogical at times in my brain. I shouldn't criticize the word of God. I know, but I'm not Jewish. And therefore, I find it difficult to understand. Does anybody else struggle with those three verses and that sort of strange detour into the fact you're trying to be God in the middle of it? James's logic is that if you don't do what God's told you to do, which is love others, love your neighbor as yourself, then you are criticizing God and trying to be God. The law that James refers to is that idea that we must love. We are not called to be God. We are not called to judge. We are called to love. What about these cartoons? Now, a few people on Oasis couldn't remember these, but let's have these and see. No, keep going. That one. Gillian still doesn't remember it. I think you read the wrong newspaper. Obviously, as a child, I was brought up, I think, on the Daily Mirror. And I think it could have been a Daily Mirror cartoon. Does anybody else remember these? Yes, it was the Daily Mail. Must have. Love is, there was a cartoon in there every day, and we haven't got time to play guess the caption, and they're probably a bit small. The first one is, let me check it's got it right, love is our story. So they're reading a book, and the love is our story. The second one, love is babysitting the grandchildren. And the third one is not being with someone for money. What is love? What is the love that we are called to show? God says that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, it says, love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not, does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always persevere. So I wonder what your grades would be in all of these areas of love. As I read them again, just grade yourself on whatever scheme you want to use, A to E, if you're old like me, or one of the new modern 1 to 10 systems that I still can't understand. A9? 9? I thought it was 10. Okay. See, I told you I didn't understand it. 
wherever you want to go. What grade are you on patience? What's your grade for kindness? How good are you at envy? What about boasting? What about proud, being proud? How about dishonoring others? Selfishness. Remembering wrongs. Delighting in the evil. Rejoicing in truth. Protecting. Trusting. Hoping. Perseverance. Before you judge others, be real with yourself. How much are you keeping that law to love your neighbor as yourself? As I was clearing out my Tier Fun locker last week, I found a card with an arrow on it, like the piece of paper you should have got on your chair or table. This was stuck on the inside of my locker to remind me of a talk that we had had in staff prayers, probably way before Matt started at Tier Fund. That's how old it is. It was to remind me of a conversation about lifts, elevator buttons. When you're standing in the lobby and you want to go somewhere, you have to press the button, don't you? And you either go up or you go down. And the person that, that had been talking to us that this morning said to us, what do you do with your words? Do you lift people up or do you push them down? Which way is your attitude? Are you like those Christians in James who are going, Matt, you've really got to do something about that scarf? Or do you say, Matt, I love the way you're wearing your bun today. What is your first thing that you say? Is your first thing something that lifts somebody up? And not just so you can get on to the second thing, which is to push them down. How many floors can you lift someone up with your words? How high can you bring them? And going beyond that this week, all this talk about coronavirus... We can so easily get into catastrophizing. Oh, it's going to be terrible. The hospitals are going to be too full, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen. How good are we at saying, God's got this? 
good are we encouraging people? How good are we being at loving each other? Jesus challenged. And Jesus judged. And he had a right to because he is God. We don't. Our job is to model his love to others and to lift them up. So my challenge this week is how far can you lift people up? Can you move them closer to God? Can you demonstrate his love? Can you be positive in all the good things they are? See how far you can go this week. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk